0: Welcome to your Circle of Influence podcast with your hosts, Dr. Monica Ogando and Amy Walker. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of your Circle of Influence podcast. I'm your co host, Dr. Monica Ogando. And I'm Amy Walker are delighted that you are here. Amy's looking at me. I know you guys can't see it because this is an audio podcast, but we, when we record, we do it in video. And so she's looking at me like, mm-hmm, I can see you now getting ready to get your, you know, <laughs> rocks. Yeah, talking, on. About <laughs> we love talking about wealth. Well, but here's the thing that a lot of times when we talk about money in entrepreneurship, we're talking about making it, making money, yeah. making money, sales and revenue and optimization and profit this and that. And I'm much more interested in what you do. Once the money gets here, how do you keep it? How do you amplify it? How do you magnify it? How do you leave it behind so that it can speak to your values? Once it um, reaches, you know, once the blending, once the blessing has landed, how do we amplify it? So, and that's what we're going to get into today. I'm so excited about today's topic.
1: I am too. You know, I... A video popped up in my memories that I had made a couple of years ago, um, and I shared it because I was uh, like, look how far my curly hair has come, in all honesty. But then I was watching the video, and it was uh, talking about, you know, it was the Forbes uh, 40 under 40 list, and there were no women on the list, and I was super annoyed with that. Like, are you kidding me? But here's the thing that I think women need to really up their game in is creating a plan to be able to pass on the wealth that they do. A lot of times when we build businesses, we build a business that only works with us. You know, like if I'm in there, if I'm closing sales, if I'm on the phone, then we got bucks coming through. But when we um, aren't, then what? Is that, did we put our wealth into something that is going to pass on to the next generation and create legacy? Did we, you know, put our wealth into something that, is going to be sellable. Like we can sell the company. Can we pass it on to the next generation? But I, I just think, and I, I get it. Cause I do this too. I get so consumed because it's time consuming, right? To like set up your sales cycle, get your leads, close the deals. It is time consuming, but that's a lot of work to, uh, die and not have anything that you can actually pass on that anyone else can benefit from.
0: Today, we're going to be talking about some of the moves that you get to make in order to set yourself up for that conversation. For some people, the conversation is about, yes, I know it and I'm aware of it. And now what? And then for others, like, wait, what? what? What do I have to get together so I can even be prepared for the conversation? So we're going to be delving into that a little bit today.
1: I am so excited to introduce our guest for today. Afsha Butt is a seasoned financial advisor with IG Wealth. She has been leveraging her experience for over 12 years in the financial service industry, and her and her team are managing 36 million in assets for Alberta's wealthiest. Since founding her practice in 2014, she has quickly climbed the ranks becoming one of the top 10 IG Wealth advisors in Edmonton, Alberta. And outside of her practice, she volunteers passionately on the front lines of two causes. Number one, improving accessibility of healthcare in developing countries and increasing financial literacy for youth and other marginalized communities across Canada. So Afsha, we're so excited to have you here with us today. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you. This is actually the first
2: podcast that I get to record with two women
0: and the topic
2: is something I'm super
0: excited for. So. Yay. Barriers, breaking barriers. Mm -hmm.
1: So Afsha, tell us how you got started because you are just like kicking butt and taking names in business. You're young um, female entrepreneur doing all these amazing things. What inspired you to go this direction?
2: Um, So my journey began while I was an undergrad. Um, So many of us are an undergraduate university. And unless you're in a specific program, you actually have no clue What's going to be there at the end of the day. Um, so I actually have to thank my mom. Uh, mom said, go get a job. You got to pay for your student loans and need to work. So I actually worked in retail banking in undergrad. I worked uh, 15 to 20 hours a week to pay for school and my student loans. Um, and I moved up uh, eventually to becoming a receptionist at a wealth management firm. And so once I graduated, I started my own practice. I wanted a head start at 23, and I knew I was the only female minority and the only one in that position to go mm-hmm. from an entry level to starting my own, but I just had this drive to try, and, and here we are. I love it.
0: I love that, that story, by the way, because that's how I got started in, in Schwab. I started as an executive assistant. Then I was like, who makes money around here?
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm, Monica, I'm waiting for a a conversation where we don't have an alignment. Yeah, No. <laughs>
0: So what, is the, what are the parts of that conversation in in your business that you find are, you know, like the biggest problem, the biggest pain point? What is the thing? Because I know that you and I can go off and, and, and talk about that stuff, but it's like there's um, a certain market or a certain problem that the market has that it's like, okay, come on, y'all. We, we have got to do better than this.
2: I mean, okay, well, you we can just even talk about we'll talk about the beginning because I think most of this is going to be about what do we do after what's next. But I think the biggest thing is taking that leap. You know, if I think about the journey from where I started to where I am now, and I still feel like I'm just starting is that like, you have to get over, how do you get mentally over the hourly wage, the salary paying job, that comfort that we're taught, you need to get this and rely, you need a reliable income to, you know, starting on your own. And for myself, it was, you know, give yourself a year you know, I I don't think it's realistic to think your business is going to flourish in a year and patience is very important. And I've learned that along the way, but I told myself, if I give it a year and see how it goes, and if I hated it, then the worst decision or the worst thing that could ever happen is I wasted a year, but who cares? And that's the part that I really want people to get over is realizing that it's okay. If you have a year, you're never too old to start something to make a change, to try to start over. And so that is something that I think is a massive hurdle for people is that, you know, it's not tomorrow, it's not next year, or it's not, I'm too old, just start now and weigh out your consequences. Like think about calculated risk, right? I would say it's important that you have, if you have overhead or, you know, um, have personal expenses for like six to 12 months saved up, but the last, cause the last thing you want is that desperation and to land a deal or pay for bills. And it's a lot of, it's what takes, you know, entrepreneurs out of their game, So have that comfort um, of paying your basic living expenses so that you're always focusing on the value that you provide your client or your customer. And you can really hit those high numbers because now you're going to have that laser focus on your goal.
1: I love it. So when you're helping people put together their wealth plan, what are the components of the wealth plan?
2: So in the beginning, I
1: mean, and I think this
2: part's the standard part, right? You, you meet with uh, your private advisor. So what we do is we look at your goals and your concerns. And I always say you're going to find your advisor, the one that works for you based on the quality of questions that they ask you. Are they actually trying to get to know you or are they trying to show you the products that they have, right? Mm-hmm. So you sit down and you actually have a lot of my meetings end up being like, hmm, I never thought about that oh, that's a good question. Or this has always been on my mind. That's what you really want to get out of the client. I always call it a yellow notepad and a pen meeting, right? Where you're just getting to know the person. I don't talk about product, even if they have questions, unless there's an immediate concern, we don't talk about it. It's just understanding what's important to you now. And a lot of the times, especially with women talking about how they want to build over time right? What do they want to own? Those kinds of things. So that's how we get started is we look at your goals. We consider some of the financial concerns that you have, what's going on with your family life. What do you want for yourself down the road? Um, And then we come up with strategy and recommendations and we get your documents and we look at a complete picture of where you're at right now. And before I put any recommendations in, I say, look at what you're doing now. And if you didn't change a thing, this is where you'll be in 10 years. Right. And then we look at what your goals are and we start to implement recommendations and strategies based on what my client said was important to them.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Not
2: just what I think in my industry is they should be doing. Um, and then we start to look at your tax because we know in entrepreneurship and we know that with. Um, top executives, that's something that's completely missed. And it's one of our biggest expenses, right? So there's efficient ways of earning investment income. And there's different ways to structure your assets or reduce your taxes payable, which is one of our highest expenses. So it's not just about filing your expenses, it's planning ahead. How do I structure everything so that I'm going to be the most efficient? Um, then I get into the conversation with clients about millionaire, multi-millionaire mindset. Okay, let's get to that business 2.0 level. We get it. You've earned a revenue. You figured out your overhead, understand your sales, all those things you guys were talking about. But now how do we build your net worth? And so the first thing that I do is I look at your assets and we look at your liabilities. How much money is your money really making you? Mm -hmm. Are you diversified? What kinds of assets do you want to build? You know, do you even want to be in real estate? What is it like to be a property manager? What do you want to own? Um, then once we look at that, we look at your estate. So if I had to take a receipt of myself tomorrow, that's what your estate would look like. Everything you own and everything you owe when we pass away is basically called a deemed disposition. So we go into that. And then we look at risk management and asset protection. So not only your living benefits while you're living, but as we start to build that wealth, it's not just about you know making sure your debt is covered, but how do you protect everything that you own? Mm -hmm. So that would kind of involve the entire wheel of wealth management.
1: I love it. So much good stuff there that like all got packed into one (laughs) short blurb. Um, I'm curious if, and I think people could listen to that over and over and over again and say, okay, got it. Don't got it. Got it. Don't got it. But do you have any kind of like a check work or a framework where people can go and find out where they're truly at in the process?
2: Yeah, I actually have it. um, It's on my Instagram. And it's like on the book now tab, I have this thing where it says request a net worth report. And you can actually go through and look at your active income, your passive income, you can list your assets, you can list your liabilities. And then you can look at your uncommitted income. Because all of that is the general framework of what you need in order to start to build what you're saying is important
0: to you. That's actually our listener challenge, isn't it? Uh, yes. Let's it was let's a great take a quick challenge. let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we will um, start off with our listener challenge, and then go into our fast lightning round. We'll be right back.
1: You have worked hard, and you've earned your place at the table of
0: influence. Wouldn't it be great to have a board of advisors that celebrate your wins, support your growth, and challenge your blind spots? That's why we
1: host our influencer circles for six and seven figure business women
0: you are a high achieving entrepreneur woman who wants a deep dive in business strategy, collaboration, and strategic relationships, go to yourcircleofinfluence.com forward slash influencers and reserve a spot in one of our upcoming circles. Welcome back, everybody. We are back with Afsha But and we have a listener challenge for you. Go to Instagram, her Instagram. Instagram.com forward slash Afsha on the run. Yes, because she's running. Uh, and go to her book now tab so that you can get that wealth audit. It is the first thing that you have to know, right? Like anytime that you're ever going to a, a destination, and you don't know where you're going. You call your friend. You're like, I'm trying to get to your house. The first thing they ask you is, where are you now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so this well thought is going to be like, where are you now? So that we, you can get a better idea of where to go next. I love it. I'm excited. I want to push it even further than that, though. So I want uh-huh. you to build a net
2: worth statement,
0: okay? And come up
2: with an actual value of your assets and your liabilities. But then I want you to go and put in a number beside your assets. What are they actually truly earning you? Can you come up with a percentage And then look at your liabilities. We know that debt is important in order to build assets, but is it good debt or is it bad debt? What's the interest that you're actually paying? What are you truly leveraging to build an asset, right? Does your asset and what it's earning um, outdo your liability? That's the second part of it.
0: Oh, lovely. Lovely. Awesome. I like it. Okay, let's go into our lightning round. And so just the first thing that comes to mind after quick answer questions. question number one, what is the best advice that you've ever gotten?
2: Mm. Oh, I love this one. Okay. So mine would be like, you can build all the processes in the world. Right. But the number one thing about being a business owner is to expect the next fire. So your talent is going to be getting really good at putting them out. It's not if it's when that completely changed my mindset. Cause it was like, does this ever stop? (laughs) So we started this and like, when does it go away? And it's like, nah, you just get really, really good at handling it.
1: Yeah. Stop. I love nope. it. Next question. <laughs> okay. So question number two is what inner dragons have you had to slay on your path to success?
2: Whew. Uh, I'd have to say, you know, I have to be slay being taken seriously in my industry as a woman, as a South Asian woman in my industry. Um, but also changing my metric from like, needing acknowledgement of my accomplishments to knowing that I'm just doing better than yesterday. I had to make a lot of changes to not look at the weekly reports and just know that I'm, you know, I am number one in the city. I am doing these things and I didn't need that acknowledgement. So giving myself credit for how far I've gotten, I'm not taking away from the fact that I deserve the acknowledgement. Right. But I just had to slay that and be like, you know what, I'm going to knock down this door and make room at this table regardless.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Love that
0: your business girl crush a woman who's who's really running it in business that you admire Mm,
2: you know what I can't even name one person I'm thinking about it and I I recognize this um it's actually this book I'm going to point everyone to this book that has really helped me because one of my things I remember telling my best friend as I was in my like second or third year of practice and being like I don't want to become that angry woman because I was never you know acknowledged for what I did and I got to the top and now I'm this person and and so like it just it's very isolating when when you're in that um, position and she got me this book and it's called In the Company of Women. I'm looking at it right now and it's by Grace Bonney and mm-hmm. it's just a compilation of all these women who have succeeded and are sharing their stories like what did you struggle with? What's something that you doubted? What would you go back and tell your 7-year-old self that you've done? And honestly this gift brought peace to my heart in what I was doing. So I would say that Um, it's just my, it's my go-to anytime I'm like, Hmm, I'm uncertain or anything. If you're listening to this and you, and you want to find community, this book is it.
1: Yeah. Well, and it is so important because you, you need to feel like you have that tribe, that support network, that you're not the only. even though we can do it alone, like, right, we can do it alone. It's so much more enjoyable when we don't have to.
2: (laughs) And the title is just amazing in the company of women, you Mm -hmm. know? So it's just all these amazing, and it's every industry. You could be a baker, you could be a CEO, you could be a top executive. And they're just sitting there saying like, this is how I dealt with my kids. This is how I dealt with my family. This is what I did here. And it it's intersectional, right? It has diversity and it talks about motherhood. There's so many different things that um, I think are, is completely missing when you start. Yeah.
1: Love it. Okay, show. what is the number one door that you want to open for you in your business right now? Not having
2: to be there every step of the way. Oh yeah. I want to achieve operational efficiency where each team member feels secure, like they're thriving in their role. But I don't believe it's a fully functioning company if it can't be run without you. Mm -hmm. So graduating to that level where I could sell it if I wasn't there, or I can truly take time off and it's still going to continue to thrive. And we're still going to meet our revenue goals.
1: Awesome. Love it.
0: Next question. When you achieve all of your business goals, what's your next level of contribution or legacy?
1: I want
2: to continue to make impact at a larger scale. I want to be able to walk on stage, right? Grow my public speaking talent and inspire someone. Like, I want to be a brown face that did it. Like, provide that representation that I didn't have. Like, have one person say, "Oh, that exists. I can do it too." Because, because I didn't have that growing
0: up. Yeah, here, here, here. You know, I relate to that. Great. Well, so how can listeners connect with you? How can they get in touch with you? Um, If you want to follow my
2: journey and, you know, get free advice and tips and things like that, I share a lot of what we're doing with my team on my Instagram. So it's Afsha, A-F-S-H-A, on the run. Um, And then if you wanted to reach out to me on my LinkedIn, it's Afsha Butt. So A-F-S-H-A, and then my last name, Butt, B-U-T-T.
1: Love it. Well, now comes the fun part where Monica and I both say what is our biggest takeaway. Um, I loved when you said I had to stop waiting for the recognition that I deserved and just give myself that recognition. I think that is such a powerful piece to stop looking outside and just like say, hey, I already got it. So I'm just going to run with it.
2: Yeah. yeah. And, and, and every time I say things like that, right. Like I've said things like embrace your demographic, what makes you different is going to get you further. I am not taking away from people's struggles. I'm not taking away from the fact that that is not fair. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that in order to succeed, we can't let that
0: be the thing anymore. It's like, no, you can't
1: wait for it. It's like, oh. you can fight for it without waiting for it, you know? So I love it. That's exactly
0: right. Well, for me, it's, it's the, 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 um, um, Thinking about intersectionality, I think that part of the conversation that has been missing in wealth and in most domains of of modern society, but particularly in wealth, is this conversation that the table is big enough for all of us to sit at it. And um, and it doesn't matter if the person doesn't look like you, doesn't have the same gender, doesn't have the same background, et cetera, et cetera. We can all eat at the same table. And that requires um, a broader idea of what this we is. It's not just we that look like you or have things in common or share your political beliefs. It's everybody. Um, and and what somebody else has doesn't diminish what you have. So I, I love that intersectionality piece.
2: And when you and when we get to that door, we manage to open that door, we make room for the table. How many other seats are you going to create for the rest of them? Like, yes. Right. Like, are you yes. going to keep that door open for everyone else because you managed to get in and you did it? But who else are you bringing in? Yep.
1: Absolutely. That is so in alignment with what we believe here at your circle of influence. I love it. Well, Afsha, we so appreciate you being here with us. And for all of our listeners, thank you for listening in today. We love hearing from you. You are the best part of our week. So make sure that you follow us on Instagram. Um, Make sure that you leave us your comments. We love reading your reviews. And uh, come find us on Clubhouse so you can join the conversations live and be a part of the magic. Thanks so much for being here, everyone. Thanks, everybody.
0: We'll